Welcome to Declassified Live. Good morning, guys. A lot. And when I tell you a lot going on, I mean, this is out of control. What happened yesterday with Peter Strzok? This this is beyond bad, beyond terrible. I, I don't even know where to start. All right, I don't even know where to start. So let's let's start at the beginning. Now, Peter Strzok, of course, a little backstory. Peter Strzok was the assistant assistant director uh, in charge, or yeah, he was like assistant deputy director uh, in charge. Well, I shouldn't say in charge of, but in charge of certain counterintelligence investigations. But his title was assistant deputy director for counterintelligence, <clears throat> essentially meaning he was a pretty high ranking guy, a senior guy, still in the GS fifteen pay scale. We spoke about you know SES not being a secret society and all that stuff. But uh, he was an influential enough guy, 22 years in the FBI. It's just big agency, but it's not a huge agency. John Zeeland, Powerwolves, morning, both of you, thanks for being here. And so Strzok, obviously, and then of course, you know the story, uh, was discovered, exchanged 50,000 or so text messages with his mistress, Lisa Page. Lisa Page was a very senior FBI lawyer. She reported to Jim Comey, she reported to Andrew McCabe, Get a lot of power, a lot of internal knowledge about things happening at the FBI. They began to have an affair. He was on, and she was on, the Mueller a special counsel team. And when the bias began to come to light, and Department of Justice began to dig into who the members of this team were, it was revealed that Peter Strzok and Lisa Page had sent about 50,000 text messages to one another, a good portion of which contained damning comments about Donald Trump. The most damning, of course, came as a byproduct of the Inspector General's recent investigation when Lisa Page said basically that couldn't believe Donald Trump could actually be elected president, but it really was really going to happen. And Stroke said, no, we'll stop it. And that's where our little story begins. So Peter Strzok yesterday was pulled into a joint committee of the United States House of Representatives Oversight and Judiciary Committee. And uh, he, uh, so that's, that in and of itself is unusual enough. It happens, but typically for very, very serious events like this. The takeaway yesterday, the takeaway yesterday was that Brock is a Democratic operative. Now, I've been covering politics a long time, been around the law enforcement world even longer. I've never seen Democrats run interference like that. They didn't run interference like that for Hillary Clinton in the Benghazi hearing. In the Benghazi hearing, the Benghazi hearing, Greg Burke, one of the first in financial supporters of the rebel. Well, thank you, Greg. Thank you very much. And sorry, guys, you know, some days we have these buffering issues. It's uh, unfortunately not much we can do about it. That's on YouTube's end of the world, not on our end of the world. And so I hate it. I hate that it happens. I hate that we have to deal with it, but I'm looking at our stream over here. Everything's looking pretty good, and there's something falling down on their end. So I hate when that happens to us. It kills the momentum of the show. So Strzok is then called to Congress, and I thought the testimony yesterday proved two things, as I was saying. Strzok is a Democratic operative. He's a Democratic operative, not a doubt in my mind about that. But the Democrats were terrified, Ab. Absolutely. And I mean terrified. I've not seen fear. I've not seen fear come out of a political party like that 
in years. I've not seen fear come out of a political party like that in years. They didn't want to let him talk. They didn't want to let him testify. Every time the Republicans were over the target, the Democrats ran insane interference. And the question is, why? Why wouldn't Democrats, elected representatives of the United States people, they represent Republicans in their district, they represent people in their district who wanted to know what Peter Strzok had to say. They didn't care about that. They had one job, protecting other Democrats and taking down Trump. Now, if you're unbiased, why don't you want an FBI agent to tell the truth under oath? Why? Why wouldn't you want him to testify about the goings on at the FBI? Eric Dondero is here. Morning, Eric. Morning, Gail. Uh, But it was, uh, so I couldn't figure that out. Now, Strzok got off to a very arrogant start, an incredibly arrogant start, by basically implying that he had damning information on Donald Trump, but he didn't release it during the 2016 election. Ergo, he's not biased. He then went on throughout the entire hearing to say, my texts are personal. They're not biased. And that was the funnier part of the whole thing, that he didn't think his texts were biased, that he thought his texts were merely personal communications between him and Lisa Page. But that's not true. They were conducted, the texts were exchanged over FBI devices, many times while he was in his FBI office, being paid by you, the taxpayer, who funds the FBI. That is a problem. That's a problem. Now, the bigger part of this problem, the much bigger part of this problem, is Attorney General Jeff Sessions and FBI Director Christopher Wray. They both, when I say thoroughly, they both were thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly embarrassed yesterday. Jeff Sessions yesterday, it was proven yesterday to America that Jeff Sessions has zero control over the Department of Justice. He needs to go away. He needs to go away. But one of the most telling moments in the entire hearing, one of the most telling moments in the entire hearing, and I'm going to go through the three that stood out to me, was in the beginning when Bob Goodlatte said to Peter Strzok, you can't consult with FBI counsel. You're not here on behalf of the, I'm paraphrasing with Chairman Bob Goodlatte of the House Judiciary Committee. You're you're not here under, you're not here as a representative of the FBI. You're here as Peter Strzok who sent these text messages. The guy behind you is an FBI lawyer. He's not your lawyer. So no, you can't consult with him as a, as a matter of, uh, of, uh, of your rights. Because you're here as Peter Strzok, not as a representative of the FBI. But I'm going to let you talk to him. So Strzok turned around and said, well, because of an ongoing investigation and special counsel, blah, 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 I can't answer that question. And Goodlatte said, you absolutely can answer that question. You're under subpoena. Strzok said, I'm not under subpoena. Now, Rock said, I was, I'm here voluntarily. Goodlatte's like, I don't care if you walked in voluntarily. We sent a subpoena. You're under subpoena. The way you act in this committee, the rules of this committee are, are today with a witness under subpoena. You have to answer. So think about what Strzok was saying. Strzok was saying that because he wasn't hauled in there by U.S. Marshals, that he was, he was there voluntarily. That's the problem. <clears throat> That's the bigger problem. Now, I think we're having a bit of a live stream problem. We're being told we're not getting stream. I'm going to try
And I want to see if we're getting, are we getting, uh, <clears throat> and do we have our stream back? So I restarted the stream. Sorry, guys. Wanted to see if maybe that would fix the problem. Having a lot of problems today with, uh, on YouTube's end for this stream. So I, I really apologize. We're going to try to make this work. Let's see what we can do here. Uh, and hopefully. Uh, okay. So Strzok was treating it as if he wasn't under subpoena. That was what he was doing. The committee was saying, we don't care if you don't feel you're under subpoena. We don't care if you walked in here on your own. Just because we didn't have to send U.S. Marshals out to put you in handcuffs and bring you here doesn't mean you're not under subpoena. So you've got to answer the question. That's when Representative Gerald Nadler of New York disgraced himself, disgraced the Democratic Party absolutely disgraced himself and the Democratic Party. It was absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. And believe me, guys, we know I'm getting all this advice and I appreciate it on what we need to do to make the stream. We've got, the, we've got it perfected with, with transfer rate, with frame rates. It has nothing to do with any of that. Jester, I appreciate the advice, but we've got this tweak to perfection on both, on our machine on this end. We just some days have this problem <clears throat> with YouTube on the receiving end. And so there's no settings over here that need to be changed. It's, it's been a chronic problem. Not just for us, but for others. <clears throat> and it's, it's, really, uh, it's really, unfortunately, uh, the, 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 what you deal with. We've got a, a great, uh, we're dealing with a, with a great um, uh, connection here. I've got one of the highest speed connections offered. It's, it's something on the receiving end because I've got nothing but green lights for the stream on my end. It's unfortunate that uh, we're dealing with this, but not much we can do about it, unfortunately. I wish, I wish there was more we could do, but uh, YouTube is YouTube. Anyway, going back to the matter at hand. So, so Gerald Nadler, the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, Decides to get into a fight with Bob Goodlatte, the chairman of the committee, on behalf of Peter Stroke. Essentially, Gerald Nadler, a sitting United States congressman, who's the ranking member of the committee, the ranking Democrat on the committee, tells America, tells the chairman of the committee, tells the witness, <clears throat> congressional subpoenas mean nothing. And that's really what he did. Congressional subpoenas mean nothing. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to answer questions. You don't have to cooperate with Congress. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. It was, it, was, it was absolutely ridiculous. Peter Strzok was being obstructionist. Then David Cicilline from Rhode Island, another Democrat, he became obstructionist. It was one of the most disgraceful displays of partisanship I've ever seen. That was great moment number one. Great moment number two came at the end of the first session of the hearing before they went to that first break around 2 p.m. Eastern. Oh, I'm sorry, 1 p.m. Eastern, 1.15. When Peter Strzok, who had been saying, I can't answer questions because the information is privileged due to the ongoing investigations of both the DOJ, FBI, Inspector General, and Special Counsel, decided that he would answer questions posed about those things when they were asked by Democrat Sheila Jackson Lee. Now, I was basically pounding my fist on the table. Hey, wait a second. He just opened the door. He just answered the questions. I hope Goodlatte calls him on this. Bob Goodlatte, the chairman of the committee. Well, thankfully, right before they went to break, Goodlatte said, 
Well, you just answered those questions, and now you're going to answer our questions. So they come back from the break. Ray Gowdy begins to ask Strzok questions, about which Strzok answers again. He can't answer the question. Then Trey Gowdy says, oh, no, yes, you can, because I spoke to the FBI, and you absolutely are allowed to answer these questions. And Strzok says, I don't know. I don't have the information in front of me. I can't remember. And Gowdy says, we waited four hours for this or three hours for this. You really can't remember. And Strzok arrogantly and defiantly says, yeah, like, I'm not going to answer you. I'll just say I don't remember. Now, I believe Strzok lied under oath because I caught him a couple of times saying things that made no sense. One of the things Strzok said was he had no knowledge that he was under investigation. Really? You're sitting under oath in a chair because you're under investigation by Congress. You were under investigation by the inspector general and DOJ inspector general Michael Horowitz said to Congress and the Senate under oath that he's got another investigation into you as to whether or not you altered the 302s. You tampered with the witness reports. To me, that was a material lie under oath to Congress by Peter Strzok, because if he doesn't know he's under investigation, he's the only person in America that doesn't know. The inspector general said so on national television under oath. I would imagine Peter Strzok's lawyers gave him a call and said, hey, by the way, did you see that? They're looking at you for the 302s. So he, and by, and by the way, he was sitting there under investigation. And I forget who asked him the question, but they answered incredulously, you're under investigation right now. To me, that was a material lie under oath by Peter Strzok. Material lie under oath by Peter Strzok. Jester 3 says you got kicked out of the FBI, Strzok. No, he didn't. Peter Strzok still works at the FBI as an assistant deputy director. He has a badge, a gun. And we found out yesterday, I'm going to get into this in a moment, a top secret SCI clearance. He didn't get kicked out of the FBI. Now, Strzok became defiant and still stonewalled and refused to answer questions. But I thought the most the most incredible question, the kill shot, the one that really shook Brock up, was by Louis Gomer. I've gotten to know Louis a little bit. He's a bulldog. I think he's awesome. I was so glad he went where no one else wanted to go. When he said to Strzok, you're basically, and we know what he said, you're lying. I'll paraphrase. You're lying. And this is the same smirk you gave your wife when you were lying next to her at night. You know, he was saying, as you were cheating with Lisa Page. And Democrats went nuts. This is ridiculous. You can't talk about stuff like this. You can't talk about his personal life. Personal lives are off limits. Really? Is Donald Trump's personal life off limits? Democrats? Is Donald Trump's family's personal life off limits? What about Stormy Daniels? Stormy Daniels being used as a pawn by Robert Mueller. Or it seems to me like the personal lives of, of elected officials, uh, government officials, appointed officials, or it seems like their personal lives are fair game. See, the Democrats want it both ways. They want it both ways. They don't want transparency. They don't want Strzok's personal life brought in. But I didn't find Louis Gomer's question out of line. I didn't find Louis Gomer's question distasteful, his statement. I thought Louis Gomer was spot on. If Peter Strzok is going to crawl into bed and lie to his wife every night, how could America trust him? Does he owe America more than he owes his family? No, Peter Strzok simply isn't a believable man. I didn't believe a word he said. And I was really good, uh, glad, was really glad that Louis Gomer called him a liar in front of America because I think most of America believes Peter Strzok lied. Now remember something. Peter Strzok spent the bulk of his career in counterintelligence. He could literally teach classes in deception, manipulation, and beating polygraphs. 
Also remember that Robert Hansen, one of the worst traitors in American history, essentially had Peter Strzok's job in FBI counterintel. His breaches of intelligence, the foreign actors, the Chinese and others, were one of the, or some of the worst and most dangerous, most damaging intelligence breaches in history. Robert Hansen got away with it for many years because he was trained like Peter Strzok, then the FBI tried to cover it up to save themselves embarrassment. Starting to see a pattern here? Starting to see a pattern? But the Democrats didn't care about any of that. The Democrats couldn't have cared less. The Democrats were in full court defense mode. Peter Strzok could have killed a baby in Times Square on New Year's Eve, and the Democrats would have defended it and called the Republicans partisan hacks and said, you shouldn't be talking about him killing babies. Uh, There is 777, there is a ton of evidence that Page and Strzok were lovers. A ton of evidence. No more conspiracy theories. That's the last conspiracy theory I'm ever, this is my promise to you guys. I've addressed them for the first week and a half. The last conspiracy theory we ever address here on Declassified Live. He, He and Page were lovers. Many, 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 many texts. If you dig into the IG report about their relationship, it's, it's not even worth, you know, no more. We're not, they're never again talking about conspiracy theories and Alex Jones and QAnon. I'm never going to give it them after I finish this sentence another second of attention on this show. But I do agree with 777. We need to see all the texts. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up. That's exactly where I was going. This is why Jeff Sessions is useless. And Steel Anvil says layer when Donald Trump, uh, I believe, purposefully misspelled lawyer to be layers. It was great. Peter Strzok yesterday was asked if he'll provide all the texts, and he said no, only the ones that are work-related, which is all he gave the OIG. That's nonsense. That's BS, and here's why. He used FBI devices. Those texts, they belong to us, the American people. They belong to DOJ. Jeff Sessions should have been on a podium immediately ordering the release of those text messages to Congress and firing Peter Strzok, but he's not because Jeff Sessions is the most useless, good morning, Robert Jackson, is the most useless attorney general in U.S. history. Yesterday proved it. Jeff Sessions has completely, completely lost control of DOJ. He has completely and utterly lost control of the Department of Justice. We, we do not have an attorney general. We have Rod Rosenstein, <clears throat> we have Rod Rosenstein running DOJ, who is not an ally, not an honest actor. He's a Democrat shill. Peter Strzok, though, yesterday was working in concert with the Democrats. He was their operative. John Zeland says, who was it that attacked Strzok's fidelity? Louis Gomer, Representative Louis Gomer from Texas. He is uh, Gomert or Gomer, however you pronounce it. Uh, Louis is a great guy. And I've had a, 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 a good fortune to spend some time with Louis, one-on-one time. And he's just a nice, nice guy. Uh, very committed, an American patriot, deeply cares about this country. One of the smartest guys you'll run into. And I thought his line of questioning was outstanding. Outstanding. And I'm biased. I'm a big fan. I like Louis Gomer a lot. I'm a big fan of him as a United States congressman. Uh, I like him as a man, as a person. Really good guy. But... um. Yeah, Gomert is how you pronounce it, but I've always pronounced it Gomer. He even made fun of me. Last time I saw him, I had a coffee with him. He said, you know, 
He never pronounced my name right, but it's okay. <laughs> but uh, but he's a really good guy, good sense of humor, just a really nice guy. But man, don't with Louis Gomert, don't uh, Gomert. Let me say it right. Don't mistake kindness for weakness because he goes in for the kill. And uh, he's been <clears throat> one of the greatest allies of conservatism. Gomert was was brutal during the Obama administration. He's not a guy who's simply doing this for Donald Trump. He was one of the greatest allies of real conservatives, of, of uh, Tea Party movement, of the Freedom Caucus. Louis has been one of the uh, best advocates for the right, one of the most articulate, one of the most powerful. I would love to see him as speaker. But he's, uh, he's not that degree of political player. Now, Robert Jackson says something that's very true. <clears throat> very true. In fact, one of the most accurate comments we've gotten on the uh, site to date. I didn't see very much oversight being done from the Democratic members of that meeting. No. In fact, Robert, uh, they were trying to obfuscate. They were trying to conceal. They were trying to kill transparency. If anything, what they were doing was the other extreme. It wasn't about oversight. It was about crushing oversight, eliminating oversight. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was one of the worst things I've seen. But I believe the last night I had a dinner, every quarter I do a dinner with a group of guys I've known for years and uh, political leaders. There are uh, former members of Congress, uh, former members of the Florida State, <clears throat> Florida State Legislature and uh, some very affluent business leaders who are very politically active, very politically active. And a few guys at the table, their, their companies are so big. One is a multi-billion dollar uh, international company he found that he's a CEO uh, that he has to donate to both sides of the aisle. It's just the nature of the game. And I've known these guys for a long time. We do these dinners, and we do a private dinner in a private room, secret society kind of thing. And uh, I, I, I get their perspective because quite often they'll say, well, you know, you need, it would, by and large, the group is conservative and, and votes Republican. But they say, well, you need the Dems for certain things in certain states where our businesses operate. I've never seen that group. There's about 15 of us, and we get together once a quarter for a dinner at a steakhouse, uh, and we get a private room. We have the same waiter, so uh, we know him for years so that nothing we say in the room comes out of the room because I'm there as media, and like I said, there are a couple of elected people in the room at any given time, a couple of former elected people. But to a person last night, even the business guys who are... They've got to kind of straddle the fence because of their business interests. To a person, they said this was a disgrace for the Democrats. One of them said that one of the Democrats who was doing the obstructing is somebody that he needs for an issue, but that he can't in good conscience work with that person anymore. That's how bad that I've got a guy at the table, and a very, very wealthy guy, so by not working with this Democrat, his company will take a hit in the hundreds of thousands to a couple of million bucks. <clears throat> that didn't matter to him. He said, we make a lot of money. I'd rather give up that money. He said, I would honestly rather donate that money to charity. The equal amount that we lose in business, donate it to charity, take the tax write-off, than I would give this particular Democratic congressperson a $2,700 donation. He said, I'm not going to do it. I'd rather lose the six to seven figures. It, it, when, when somebody's saying that, and that is a true story, when somebody's saying that, you know the Democrats screwed themselves yesterday. They're in a lot of trouble. They're in a lot of trouble. 
And I will tell you this. <laughs> Thundero says, Cardillo's a slimmed down version of Frank Luntz with the Florida Focus Group. Man, nah, it's not a Florida Focus Group, believe me. You'd, uh, you guys would like these guys. You guys would like these guys. Now, uh, Claire Peters raises a very, very important point. Brock still has his security clearance. Yeah, he testified to that under oath. More importantly, he still has his TSSCI clearance. More importantly, more importantly, he has his TSSCI and he admitted, testified under oath, that he used it to obtain information to prepare for the hearing. Well, sure is different than what Jeff Sessions told us back in June, isn't it? That Brock's clearance had been pulled. So what's happening? What's happening over at DOJ, at FBI? What's happening over there? Do we have anybody in control on our side? Anybody? Is there anyone on our side in control of DOJ and FBI? I don't know. I don't know. Now, 777 asshole paid show, if not, will Congress jail her? Well, they can't just jail her. Uh, they've got to... Um, They've got to, uh, it can't, she can't just be summarily jailed. They've got to go to a federal judge, ask the federal judge to enforce the subpoena, then send out the United States Marshals. So we got to see what, um, we've got to see what that, uh, how that all shakes out. But I do believe she'll show this morning. Now, I believe the Sergeant in Arms, still right. Sergeant in Arms can hold her in contempt, but Ryan needs to give the order. But even then, you still need the U.S. Marshals to go get her, and that, that, the procedure for that is a federal judge has to order that. A federal judge has to rule. The sergeant of arms can hold her in contempt. Ryan gives the order, goes to a federal judge. A federal judge makes the ruling, and then a federal judge can then ask the U.S. Marshals to go get her. It's not, it can't, Congress isn't law enforcement or prosecutorial. They don't have the authority to send the marshals to get anybody. It has to be a federal judge that does it. But, um, <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Hangman John Ruth says, why does David Sisley and where Congress pin on right side all of this on left lapel? It's not, means nothing. It's probably just because on the blazer he has, some custom blazers have the uh, buttonhole for lapel pins on the right side, others on the left. I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, but but um, the, uh, the, the bigger problem we have here is the defiance, the absolute defiance and that Peter Strzok still has his security clearance. He still has his security clearance. Now, Trey Gowdy did an amazing job. Trey Gowdy's a lot of bark, but no bite. However, yesterday, he got it on the record, and that's really all I cared about. I wanted to see what we saw yesterday on the record. We needed Peter Strzok embarrassed in front of America. We needed that. We needed Peter Strzok embarrassed in front of America. And he was embarrassed in front of America. Now, the big question, the big, big question, is what will Jeff Sessions and Christopher Ray do? <clears throat> if Jeff Sessions and Christopher Ray don't act today, if they don't act today and they don't fire Jeff Sessions uh, and Christopher Ray, Rod Rosenstein, well, what I'm trying to say is if Jeff Sessions and Christopher Ray don't fire Peter Strzok and Trump needs to fire <clears throat> Jeff Sessions, Rod Rosenstein and Christopher Ray, And when everybody goes hysterical and says you just purged the FBI and they shut down Mueller, Trump needs to say too bad. Trump is polling at around 90-something percent among Republicans. He'll survive it politically. He's getting terrible advice from his White House counsel now. Terrible, terrible advice 
from his White House counsel. And it's time for the president of the United States to push back. <clears throat> it's time for the president of the United States to push back. Now, uh, we, we, we just, this case has me infuriated because, number one, it disgraces the hardworking men and women of the FBI. Number two, it completely destroys Americans' confidence in their federal law enforcement. Why would you, why would you, why would any American respect the authority of the FBI if the FBI doesn't respect the authority of the Constitution? When a senior FBI agent sits up there and lies for hour upon hour upon hour, and I believe he lied. We caught him in lies saying he didn't know he was under investigation. We caught him in lies when he said, oh, his texts were unbiased. They were hyperbole. He's insulting the intelligence of Americans, telling you, don't believe what you read. Don't believe what my texts say. Oh, my bias didn't creep. 50,000 text messages sent on FBI devices. My bias didn't creep in. Oh, give me a break. <clears throat> give me a break. I've got no bias. I've got no bias. Where is the Attorney General of the United States? And what is happening over at the FBI today? What are they doing over at the FBI? Now, Brandy Hamilton says, more bread and circus, nobody going to jail. We, we should find better things to do, plant a tree or something. Well, you got to understand, Peter Strzok, we were never looking at Peter Strzok in a criminal capacity. We're just trying to find out how deeply things go. Now, if the Inspector General finds out that he tampered with the 302s, the witness reports, that's criminal. But sending texts to your mistress is not criminal. Having a mistress doesn't even violate FBI guidelines. Now, we're having a mistress for an FBI agent in counterintelligence. Any FBI agent is dangerous. Is blackmail. Hey, we've got photos of you and your mistress. We're going to give them to your wife. Drop the investigation. Or give us information. That's the problem. That's the problem. <clears throat> that is the problem right there. The... Uh, the um, disgraceful, disgraceful uh, uh, breach of ethics and protocol that compromised him, that compromised his job, that compromised the entire FBI. And I apologize, guys. I, I know the uh, stream, the feed is... Now, now Steel, the feed is terrible. Steel Anvil says something. John, I was texting six cops. We knew he was lying, brother. Steel, I was doing the same. I was texting with a guy in military intelligence, a good buddy of mine, who was actually an interrogator at Guantanamo for a while. And uh, it was, <clears throat> it was um, a disgraceful display. He was lying to America's face, lying to America's face. And we knew it, and everybody knew it. And my uh, very good friend is a forensic psychologist. He's worked, uh, God, he's testified in, uh, he told me over the years, in, into the thousands of court cases and on ma uh, anger and uh, a violent crime and deception. And he said that he found nothing, nothing truthful in observing Strzok about Strzok's behavior, demeanor, etc. Uh, and I don't know, uh, C. Bateman is saying he's serious about her arrest, though. The officers under a club owner must be Trump supporters. Uh, oh, Stormy Daniels? No, I, I, that's what you're talking about. No, it was just... That was probably a regular old public morals unit uh, sting, and she got jammed up. They probably had heard what she was doing. They went in. They got a minor arrest. The charges were dropped. Happens all the time. It's not some grand. Believe me, if people that were close or wanted to help the president were going to jam up Stormy Daniels, it wouldn't be on a minor violation akin to a speeding ticket. Yeah. No. But uh, 
I, I, I'm, I'm, so the thing that bothers me the most is as I'm talking to you guys and I'm bringing you the show, I'm, I'm checking news reports and I'm looking at DOJ's website and <clears throat> I just can't find anything, anything that indicates the DOJ even cares. I can't find anything that indicates Jeff Sessions is awake. I don't even know if he's awake. Did, Je- did Jeff Sessions watch this hearing yesterday? Does he know what went on? Rudy Giuliani was about the only one out there beating up Peter Strzok. Giuliani said, that's a disgrace. Special counsel Robert Mueller should be ashamed of himself. Those Democrats trying to protect that liar Strzok should be ashamed of themselves. And every FBI, every FBI agent I know wants to see this guy drummed out of the bureau. Giuliani went on to say, so how much of it is infecting the investigation today? We may never know, which is why I think the investigation is totally Phony. Look, there isn't an attorney in America, a lawyer in America, a reasonable prosecutor, as James Comey loves to say, a reasonable person in America that thinks Mueller's investigation is on the level and is not tainted. And is not tainted. Let's see. Let's see what else we got here in terms of comments. Uh... Debatement force is nope. It almost never happens. They didn't do it with for anyone just because they wanted to trip her up about Stormy Daniels. That's not true. It's not true. We used to back up the New York City Public Morals Division all the time when they would go into strip clubs and do stings for prostitution, uh, other things. So that's debatement, respectfully, that's simply not true. Cops, police departments do stings like that all the time. There are units dedicated. It was not some plot to help Trump by getting Stormy Daniels a minor summons. Is not the way he. Yeah, Steel Anvil's right about Jeff Sessions. He's worried about friggin' weed. I say that all the time. Jeff Sessions pops up. He's a groundhog from Groundhog's Day, Punxsutawney Phil. Every six weeks, Jeff Sessions pops out of his hole, says, Legal weed, MS 13, immigration. Did I say legal weed? Asset seizure. And then he goes back into his hole like little groundhog. And then he comes out six weeks later. He is completely, completely checked out. Completely checked out. Gail Cochran, Cochran says something interesting. How did that Democrat read Republican emails or texts about Jason Chavez? They weren't emails and texts. So what, what Gail is referring to is that uh, his name is, um, oh, it'll come to me. I forget. He's the guy with the glasses. A weird, weird little guy. And he was reading comments made to the media or given to the media by never Trumpers during the election and saying, you didn't say this, did you? Nope. Oh, you're right. It was Republican Ben Sass. It was Jason Chavez. By the way, he pronounced everybody's name wrong, but he proved, he proved Trump's point that even Republicans were against Trump and he still won. He was proving that Trump was innocent. This guy, it, it was, it was the dumbest display, the dumbest display I've ever seen. The dumbest display I've ever seen. It really, really was ridiculous. Really was ridiculous. And if anything, all he did was say, those in the Republican Party who were against Trump are now with him, like Jason Chavez, who's on Fox all the time defending Trump and out there at pro-Trump events as keynote speaker. There were a lot of never-Trumpers early on. Neil Anvil says Sass was involved in the... Yeah, he was. He was with Denny Hastert. I, I can't stand Ben Sass. I think he's a sanctimonious... Oh, this guy just gets on my nerves. You remember when he did that little stunt and drove the garbage truck and drove the Uber? 
That's what he should be doing. He should be driving garbage trucks and Ubers. Here's what I don't want to get into, Steele. They're all pedos. They're all pedophiles. I don't like this line. I, you know, I know, man, you come out of law enforcement, but we use that too gratuitously. I worked those cases for a little while. We, we, it's, it's, it's been too easy. We throw it around. Oh, pedophile, pedophile, Democrat, pedophile. We forget about the victims and the real cost of those crimes. No, not, I don't think everybody's a pedophile. But I think that Danny Hastert certainly was, and I think Ben Sass knew about it. Same way I believe Joe Paterno knew everything, and I was glad to see Joe Paterno die in disgrace. I believe Joe Paterno knew everything, and he covered it up. I believe that. I firmly believe that. I believe he put the football program way ahead, way ahead of what he did. But Steele, I see what you're saying. It always seems to shake out that they're, that it comes back to some prominent people and they're very forgiving of pedophilia. Let's see. 30,000 sealed indictments says Jeff Sessions has been busy. Oh, that's another conspiracy theory. People don't realize that, that other people in this country are being investigated and prosecuted. And Jeff Sessions is not the guy doing the indictment. We have thousands of assistant U.S. attorneys out there prosecuting people around the country for various things. It, it, it is mind-blowing that Americans read or listen to these conspiracy sites and think that every sealed indictment in the United States has to do with Hillary Clinton and, and, and Team Clinton. No, it doesn't. It's probably the drug dealer and the Texas border or the mob guys in New York. It's, it's a lot of crime out there. Nothing to do with Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions is doing absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. It's, uh, it's really, really funny that, that, that people believe this stuff without doing research on it. It's actually pretty tragic. I wish people would watch shows like this more and, and factual outlets and less conspiracy stuff. Gomer's bombshell about the Clinton server phoning emails to a foreign entity was a bit weird. Uh, Gomerit. Well, we know which entities it was. We, we know that foreign actors were able to breach the Clinton email server. We know that the Clinton Foundation was dealing with many, many foreign governments. Yep. Still, Anvil says, what, write a warrant application, see how long it takes. No time at all. They're lazy. You can get them in hours. In hours. You can get, <laughs> I've, watched, I've watched warrants come through for social media to, to, to grab images. If we knew there was child porn or something like that. I've watched them come through in under a half hour. But you're right, and you're right. It's about laziness. And now the process is automated in many places. It's automated. Magitastic uh, says, why hasn't Trump removed Jeff Sessions? I explained it yesterday. He hasn't removed Jeff Sessions because Trump needs to get a Supreme Court nominee through. And Jeff Sessions and Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, have been friends a very long time. Mitch McConnell and other powerful senators made it very clear to Jeff Sessions, to uh, Donald Trump, that they're not going to have their buddy Jeff Sessions fired in disgrace so if Trump does it, they're not going to approve, confirm whomever he appoints. And they're going to stall other nominees. That's called politics. That's why. It's not because Jeff Sessions is some violent assassin behind the scenes. It's because his buddies in the, in, in the Senate don't want him to be fired in disgrace. They're helping their friend out. That's the only reason Jeff Sessions still has a job. The only reason. Only reason. The only reason. <clears throat> Lee Newton Road says, good morning. Robert Jackson says, our stream is really laggy today. I know it is. It's terrible today. And I apologize. Not on our end. I've got all green lights on our end. There's something on, uh, something on YouTube's receiving end that's really screwing us up, Robert. It's uh, frustrating to me as well. I'm, you notice I'm poking around here as I bring you guys the show. I'm monitoring it. 
Yo, Kotchman says Mitch is playing dirty. Man, Mitch McConnell, I will say this. I'm no fan of Mitch McConnell on many, 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 many things. But Mitch McConnell saved America. He saved America by not appointing, by blocking the confirmation of Merrick Garland. So hate Mitch McConnell all you want, but you got to give credit where due. Mitch McConnell showed so much spine and backbone on Obama's appointment of Merrick Garland by blocking it, by not putting a far leftist picked by Obama on the court, that you got to give Mitch McConnell credit for that one. And quite frankly, that was a transformative moment for America. A transformative moment for America. Look at the decisions that came down about unions. Look at the decisions that have come down about religious freedom. That wouldn't have happened with Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court. Court would have gone the other way. Court would have gone the other way. <clears throat> we would not have had the majority we're about to have with the appointment, with the appointment of Brett Kavanaugh. And, and I don't care what McConnell does going forward, I'll criticize him, but to the end of time, I'll give Mitch McConnell a tremendous amount of credit for his fortitude on that one. It was, I'm going to say it again, it was a transformative moment for the United States. We were on a, bl- we were on a brink here. We were on a cliff. Had Hillary gotten Merrick Garland, we were going left. But instead, Chip was righted, and now the court is moving to the right. He really deserves credit for that. And listen, if you watch this show, you watch my uh, shorter segments, you watch my old show here, the hour-long declassified, Mitch McC- I criticize Mitch McConnell. I beat up Mitch McConnell. I don't like what he's doing with Jeff Sessions. But I will say this. I think after yesterday, Donald Trump political capital rose. And Jeff Sessions and Christopher Wray and the FBI and the DOJ, the corrupt individuals within, they're sank. Trump right now has the political capital to start making moves. Hangman John Ruth says, uh, you predict Trump will have three SCOTUS appointments. I think he definitely gets three. So I agree with you. He might get four. Breyer is getting up there. He might get four, and I'll tell you something else. He might get five. He might get five, and I'll tell you why. He's going to probably replace Ginsburg. Breyer depends how healthy he is by uh, 2024, the end of Trump's second term, because I believe, barring anything, Trump will uh, retire. Uh, 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 Trump will easily win a second term. Breyer will probably retire during that term. Trump replaces him, I believe, Clarence Thomas, will step down, will retire, that Trump can replace someone as conservative as Thomas, who's younger. And then we're going to have a very, very conservative court for decades. Trump might arguably, just due to the way the math works out in the ages of the justices, he might get five SCOTUS appointments. And so he's definitely, I believe, I'm with you getting three, possibly four. I think if Breyer goes, Thomas definitely goes. Definitely goes. And Trump gets five young conservative appointments on the court. <clears throat> and that, that is, is just earth-shatteringly good. Alito's still relatively young. So uh, we, um, yeah, Meditech says, yep, hard to believe we could have ended up with Hillary. Man, I thank my lucky stars every single day. Every single day. So imagine, imagine what would have happened to this country. Because you can bet your bottom dollar if Hillary was in the Oval Office, Breyer and Ginsburg would have retired already. So she would have been replacing, well, they would have gotten Merrick Garland. She would have been replacing 
uh, Kennedy, he probably would have retired. Breyer uh, and Ginsburg probably would have retired. Hillary would have had four young judges. The court would have been left for years because Kagan and Sotomayor are relatively young. Mm-hmm. They're relatively young. <clears throat> Robert Jackson says, who do I think is running against Trump in 2020? I think Hillary thinks she's running against Trump in 2020. I think Elizabeth Warren wants to run against Trump in 2020. Andrew Cuomo from New York's definitely running in 2020. Joe Biden will probably throw his hat in the ring in 2020. And Cory Booker, I think, is running. So right now, those five, I think, you can take to the bank. Hillary, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Andrew Cuomo, uh, Governor of New York, and Cory Booker, Senator from New Jersey. Those five, definitely, uh, definitely others will throw their hats in the ring. We got to see who up-and-comers in the party are. But uh, those five have, yeah, Booker is a nut, Robert Jackson says. Cory Booker, he's a looney tune. But uh, those five, I think, you could take to the bank. They've got, they've got war chests. They've got some money. They've got the brand recognition. So they're going to give it a shot. Uh, I don't think any of them could be Trump in a general. That's the problem. I don't think anybody, uh, what about the governor of Colorado running for president? Eh, it'd be hard for him to raise money. You mean Hickenlooper? It'd be hard for him to raise money. He doesn't have enough national name recognition. Uh, you see, the uh, Meditech is the problem for Biden is that everyone sees Obama's mistakes now. Yeah, but Biden can very easily say, I was the VP. I disagreed with him on this. I would have done it this way. Biden is name recognition. Don't underestimate name recognition. Freddie Hamilton says, same criminals, different election. Yeah, good way to put it. Uh, he, uh, Lee Newton Rhodes is organizing a mutiny within the corrupt, misguided liberal Democratic Party. I was talking about this last night. There are really two Democratic parties right now. You've got the far left, <clears throat> radically far left party of Tom Perez and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the <clears throat> New York socialist. You've got that Democratic Party. And then you've got the Democratic Party of Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania, the, the conservative, moderate Democratic Party, the patriotic, working-class Democratic Party. Unfortunately, that, that's a bit shorter. Lisa Leto says, did we discuss Lisa Page's testimony I just got here? We did. We don't know much about it yet. It's going to be behind closed doors today. Last we heard, she's going. And I think that's why the uh, Democrats and Peter Strzok were so hell-bent yesterday on getting the transcripts of Strzok's private testimony released, something the Republicans blocked. If you don't understand what was happening there and why they wanted that, it was because, uh, it was because they wanted to give Peter, uh, Lisa Page a cheat sheet for her testimony today. If they had released Strzok's testimony, his private testimony yesterday, Lisa Strzok's lawyers would have spent the whole night using it to prepare her for this morning. That's what they were doing with that. If you didn't understand the game with that, that's what that game was about. It was all about Lisa Page getting her cliff notes for this morning's testimony to Congress, today's testimony behind closed doors to Congress. Because what they're very nervous about now is that Lisa Page and Peter Strzok are going to say two different things under oath about the same issues. That's what they're very, very nervous about. Because remember, Peter Strzok may have said things yesterday that he didn't say under oath and vice versa. Uh, Meditech says, I don't think we will get anything from Paige. She will take the fifth everywhere. Maybe, maybe. I mean, she is an attorney and there's nothing they can really do to her. She doesn't work for the FBI anymore. She walks in there and takes the fifth. There's nothing they can do to her because she's not accused of doing anything criminal. If I were her, I'd take the fifth. Uh, and, and so hold her to the hill to take the fifth. So what? So what? Can't do anything to it. Texting your mistress isn't illegal or your, 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 the, your boyfriend isn't illegal. <clears throat> Saying you hate Donald Trump isn't illegal. 
It's improper. It should be fireable. She's already quit the FBI. There's absolutely, let me make it clear to you. There is absolutely nothing, nothing that can be done to Lisa Page. John Zeland says, Stroke had to take an internal FBI polygraph that he didn't fully pass yet. He was allowed to retain access to SCI so he could maintain control of Hillary's espionage investigation. I've seen reports on that, none confirmed. I haven't seen that reported really with any confirmation on it. He never lost his, he never lost his security clearance, apparently. Apparently, uh, Jeff Sessions misled us. It was only suspended for one day. He didn't lose it. Yeah, Meditech, it was smart she quit the FBI. Very smart. Lisa Page could walk in there today and say, I want to let you know I'm taking the fifth on every question. They could question her, spend 10 hours. She could walk out, never answer a question, and there isn't a damn thing anyone can do to her. Nothing. Nothing. Not charged with anything criminal, not suspected of anything criminal, and it is her constitutional right to plead the fifth. If I were her, I would do that. I would do that. Absolutely. Now, let's hope she's nervous and she answers questions, but she is a lawyer, so she knows what she's doing when she goes in there. But hell, if I were her, if I were her attorney, why wouldn't she? Nothing, she shouldn't say a word. Well, stroke testimony was textbook rehearsed, Neil Anvil says, yeah. Yeah, but very deceptive, very deceptive. And I do think that he was a weak witness. I do think that if Jeff Sessions, if, uh, well, Jeff Sessions, another story, he's got, got him on my mind. If uh, Congress could only allow Republicans on the committee to interview him, he would have cracked. Strzok is so used to being on the other side of that table, he doesn't have to be a witness, only an interrogator. Louis Gomer was shaking him up. Uh, MD is saying, Breitbart and Rep DeSantis are saying this morning that Strzok had his TSI restored temporarily for purposes of preparing yesterday. Yeah, I've heard that. Couldn't have been restored at all. Couldn't have been restored at all. But I think the FBI is playing games. I think they're playing a lot of games. Because I don't believe they were only letting him look at old information. Yes, Till Anvil says he and I could have cracked him in an hour. Probably. Probably. The guy was really getting worked up. He was ready to go, man. He was ready to go. I know you saw it too. He was, this guy was ready to go. Gomer could have broke him. And then a Jim Jordan or Gowdy could have come in or a DeSantis or a Matt Gates. They could have come in and asked some kill shot questions. And I think Strzok would have cracked. But unfortunately, the Democrats get their questions after five minutes and they were giving him breathers. They were calming him down. They were helping him out. It was unfortunately uh, tragic, to be quite honest with you. It was absolutely, absolutely tragic. Hey, guys, I'm going to end the show a little bit early today because I'm starting to get more notifications here that our stream is bad. What I don't want to have happen is for the stream to go down at the end of the show. We only had about nine minutes left anyway. We're going to work on this, and it happened to us right there. That's why I'm going to wrap it up a bit early. But I will be back with you Monday morning live at 7.30 a.m. We're going to work on these stream issues over the weekend, see if there's anything we're not seeing that we can do to fix them. We're going to do that for you because I really hate the delays and bringing you the show like this. Very distracting for me, for you. And I will be back with you on Monday. You have an amazing, amazing weekend.